0: I'm life and business coach, Samantha Siffring, and this is the online business building mama's podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Welcome everyone. I have four of my incredible clients on with me today, and we are talking about women and money. So I have heard so many things recently, so many questions from people asking about like concerns that they have about making a lot of money. Like they wouldn't know how to handle it. Or I don't even know what the taxes would be like at that level of income, or I don't want to work that much, that kind of thing. And I also saw this meme, maybe some of you have seen it going around And it's a quote from somebody from Shark Tank being like, if you want to make a lot of money, you have to sacrifice everything. And if you haven't sacrificed every single thing, you can't make money. Basically, that was the gist. And it made me so mad. And I thought of all of you and I wanted to talk about it, not just the meme, but I did want that to be part of what we talk about. So we're going to be digging into Basically, the topic of women making a lot of money. And first, I would love to go around and have everybody introduce themselves, your name, what you do. If you want to share how much money you're making, do that too. I would love that. So, Erica.
1: So, I'm Erica Hamlin. I am, I mean, in industry terms, I'm a general life coach. So, I coach on all the things career, life, family, business, whatever. If it, If your brain's involved, I help. And oh, we're going to talk about how much money we made. So in 20, I think it's fun to kind of go way back. So let's do it. So 2019, I made $3,000. That's when I started my business. 2020, I made $90,000. 2021, I made $250,000. And today is January 11th. And I've made $28,000 so far. I love it. Brittany. So good.
0: Yes, girl. Yes.
1: <laughs> this is
0: so good. Can we just for a second, talk about going from 3000 to 90,000? Cause somebody out there is listening and their brain is broken right now. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Okay. That was super fun. So I was part of like a group coaching program. That was great, but I was sort of limping along. I'm just not kind of the person to raise my hand in big group calls. So I felt like I wasn't maximizing that. And really the game changer was hiring you, Samantha. So having you in my head and also just really going all in on my business, because as soon as I made the decision to pay $10,000 to work with you, I had my first five-figure month, I think even before we had our first session. And then you had to coach me on mind drama about having a five-figure month. (laughs) So- What was
0: the mind drama of a five-figure month? That it was going to be
1: a fluke. Yeah. So that's a big, if we're talking limiting beliefs, when it comes to money, when I make money, the limiting belief is it's a fluke. It's not going to happen again.
0: Yeah. Where are you with that now?
1: I don't spend much time there.
0: (laughs) What do you do when it comes up? Because people may not know this yet, but any of us who have been working at this for a while know the same things keep coming up. It's just what our brains do. So how do you handle it now?
1: So I think what I do is I, well, one, I know it's BS. So we've been there before. People don't just sort of show up and say, Hey, can I pay you money? That just isn't something that happens. So every client Who has paid me money? I have created in some way. And so going back and evaluating exactly how I did that is always really helpful.
0: I love that. Like you said that. And I know I have told all of you that at some point, but you just said it. And I felt so reassured in this moment. I just feel like every brain is like, there's no one else. It's all done. It's out of your hands. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're so right, Erica. I do create clients. I you love it
1: asked me once you said, what does fluke even mean?
0: Yes. I ask everyone that I'm like, what is this word? Is there such a thing as a fluke? Like I'm not
1: sure. I don't think so. It's not like clients just fall in your lap. I mean, it feels like that sometimes it's like, this is magical, but it's not magic. You create, Yeah, it,
0: it, did, it never happened to me before I got visible and made offers. That's for sure. Love it. Okay. Oh, one more thing I wanted to ask about quickly, because now you are in a group and you said something about not mm-hmm. being the person who raises their hand in a group. And it made me wonder, how do you do that now? <laughs> Cause you do get coached.
1: I do get coached. How do I do that now? So it's really helpful to be in a group where people are getting coached on things that you need coaching on. Because when I am getting coached one-on-one, it's amazing, but I also disassociate a little bit. And so I like go out of my body and then I can't really remember what I got coached on. So being able to watch somebody else get coached on the things that I'm dealing with without having my ego involved or without having to kind of process and talk all at the same time is really, really beneficial.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. I so much preferred group because I, like when I'm the one who gets coached in the group, it's like, I left my body. I don't know what happened. I have to rewatch that because I wasn't in the room.
1: <laughs> and I think there's something really special about your mastermind too, with the kickoff. I mean, it's not like these are just strangers in the room with you. You develop relationships with them. You know them, you know what they're working on. They support you, you support them. So it's sort of not just like you're in this group and you're the coach, but it's sort of like you're surrounded by this entire support system and you have like a bunch of coaches in the room with you.
0: Yeah. And you all now have been together for a while. It's not like you like just met. There's been multiple rounds. So I think that builds a lot of comfort too, where like it's easier to be seen yeah. by your people. I love it. So good. All right. Christy, tell everybody who you are and what you do and all about the money you make.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I own and run Cooper and Heart Creative where I do custom design work for primarily online service providers and coaches. I do a lot of websites and sales pages and really help them bring their brands up to the next level. And I've also started a new template shop called iHeart Templates, which I'm excited about. Let's see, money. Yes. So I guess I could do similar to what Erica said about kind of going back. The first full-time year in my business, I made $61,000 and then that was 2019, then in 2020, I made $115,000. And then last year, 2021, I made $180,000. So it's going up. So good.
0: I love that. <laughs> and I feel like we have had talks before. I feel like there was a like a cap that you thought a graphic designer could make. Maybe when you were first starting out or when we first started together.
2: Yeah, I think I didn't really imagine going beyond that like 100, 220 kind of mark like that was kind of like oh that's probably about how much I'll make as a designer that's kind of what I see out there even as like in my salary job when I worked at an agency like my highest salary was 55,000 so I didn't like see other people especially women in the design field I didn't see a lot of them making higher salary ranges or anything like that so yeah I just didn't have it in my brain that I could make more than that. So how did you get it in your brain? Well, I worked with you and then I joined the mastermind and I think it was just seeing more possibility and just really being around other women who are also making more money. And even if they're not doing the same thing that I'm doing, it just kind of made me think about it more and like, well, what if it is possible? Yeah. I think even just that question,
0: I think a lot of people think that they have to go to this leap all the way to believing that they can definitely do it. And I think sometimes just opening up to the possibility, like what if that were possible? I think it gets us in such a different mental space. Like you were in this place where you were like, all I can do is a hundred K max. Mm -hmm. And then you opened up to, well, maybe it's possible for me to do more. And your brain just went to work to explore that and find solutions there. It's like it opened up this whole other door in your mind of things that you could explore. And I think that is so powerful. And it's like the simplest thing. I think sometimes it's those simple shifts that are the most powerful. So. How did it feel making 180 this past year?
2: It felt pretty amazing. <laughs> I was like 180, that's incredible. Like I had set um, a lower goal last year. Actually, I'd I set it at 120K last year. So I kind of blew past that goal. Yeah, and I and I did that all as one person. Like I don't have other designers. I haven't built an agency yet or anything like that. So like, that's just me. Offering value and providing good work. and like it's it's really amazing, yeah.
0: I think it is too. I think about this all the time. All of us are this way, that the business we run is something we just came up with from scratch, from our brain, out of nowhere. Like, I know Anne, you taught yourself the skills. Christy, obviously, you develop skills throughout your career. Like, I think it is just so incredible what we are capable of that we just do this out of nowhere, like from scratch. It's just so impressive. So I love taking time to like release it with that and how incredible that is.
3: All right, Brittany, tell us about wow. you. Okay. I'm Brittany. I'm a mindset and business coach. And if we want to go back in time, 2019, I made $10,000 as an independent contractor. 2020 was my first year that I was like, out doing my own thing, trying to make a name for myself. I did $104,000 and 2021, I did $255,000. Damn. So good. I (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I, this is
0: so fun because I have worked with all of you like throughout these like years that you're talking about. And it's just so fun to see, like, I mean, I have to say it feels good seeing like, Oh, the turning point for all of you is when we started working together, go me. But (laughs) I think it is just like so fun to see and to remember like the first time we all talked, knowing what your goals were, knowing what you could see for yourself and believe for yourself and just seeing where you are now. And I think for me, the fun part is I feel like I can peek into your future and see what's coming and that's so much harder to do for yourself. And that's so fun too. It's like, oh yeah, you think
3: you have had fun? Just wait. (laughs) Yes. This is, this is a really good point because Sam and I are coming up on our two year anniversary of working together. It was two years ago that I hired you one-on-one and I remember doing our sales call and you being like, what do you want to make in 2020 and i was like 100k is that too much and you were basically like no that's not too much at all and i was like wow really and because you were just so confident that fed me the whole year that still feeds me <laughs>
0: yeah i think that is the power of having a coach and a mentor who is a little further down the road and has just a bigger perspective for you because I know like even for me, it's so hard believing in that future version of myself and having somebody else who already sees it already believes in it makes it so much easier for me to reach for it. Yes. Love it. Amazing. All right. And
4: tell us who you are. Hi, um, I'm Ann Schmidt. I am a web developer and I primarily build custom WordPress sites. I also started in the last year doing custom Shopify sites. I don't remember the exact progression of my money making with Samantha, but I know when I first hired you, I think almost, gosh, like four years ago now, wait, it's three and, and a half. 2018.
0: Like you are, you're not like <laughs> the first client that I had, but you're the client that I'm still working with, like that
4: I've worked with the longest. So you win the prize. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, you can't get rid of me. But yeah, when I first hired you, I think I was making maybe a thousand dollars a month, if even that.
2: And I also remember
4: similar to Brittany, I was like, do you think it's possible to have 10 K months? And you were like, yeah, of course. There's multiple ways. I was like, what? So anyway, now last year in 2021 I was at 245k. So good. And you were talking about you were at 1000 a month,
0: 10,000 a month was the goal. You've had some mm-hmm. big months. What's been your biggest month?
4: <laughs> yeah, I had a record month last month actually, December of 2021. I track, well, my cash received in 2021 was 245, but I also tracked Project bookings because my clients tend to pay me like up front and then the end. So in December, I had a record month of fifty five thousand in projects booked. So that was exciting.
0: So exciting! That's really really good. And I think it's important to know like this is all different types of businesses represented on this call, and different types of businesses grow in different ways. So when you are Doing a one on one service that you're providing for somebody like graphic design, like developing their website. If you want to continue to develop websites or do the graphic design, like deliver that particular type of service, then you want to build like an agency or something like that, build out a team, those types of things. And there is just a learning curve there that I Mm -hmm. think, I mean, we all have a learning curve as we're scaling, but I think. It is just so interesting to see the path for all of you in like getting to that place where you're like, all right, I'm booked out at what I can do just myself. Like Christy said, like, this is just me. We all hit that point in our business where we're like, all right, I have hit the max of what I can do just me. And now what do I want to do now? What is the next step? And it's been so fun watching all of you grapple with that. And I know that it's not easy in that moment, but like I said, like, because I see this bigger perspective of your business, it's like, Oh, I know where we're going. I'm curious to see what road she's going to choose to get there and what that's going to look like. And I just have no doubts about any of you reaching every single goal you set. So thanks for sharing that. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on this. You have to sacrifice everything to make a lot of money because all of you are making a lot of money. So tell me like, who has thoughts about this? Brittany.
3: I have so many thoughts. I always <laughs> the have look thoughts. on your
0: face. was just
3: like, <laughs> <laughs> I had a past mentor who her common phrase was you can have it all, just not all at once. Mm -hmm. And I hated that. And I feel like this is kind of the same message. I think that this is so false. I have three small children and we're in a global pandemic. I have been homeschooling these children. I don't know what person on the planet thinks that moms have this overabundance of time. We certainly do not. (laughs) Like we are all just, you know, drinking our cold coffee and creating content on the fly and doing our best to try to keep our homes running and our kids alive and our businesses thriving. And guess what? It's possible. We're all doing it. Like all of these women here and all the other women in the mastermind and even in Mama to CEO, we are all glowing testaments to what's actually possible.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like I hear those kinds of things and it just like breaks my brain a little because I'm like, wait, like, why do you think that? it's just not even true. It's not like we haven't seen examples of it being possible. And we're like trying to believe something that we haven't seen. It's like, no, there's literal evidence that that's just not true. Like how committed to this thought do you have to be to not even see that? It's really crazy. And I think it is really sad because moms who hear that message instead of our stories and mm-hmm. just won't even try. Yeah. Anybody else have some thoughts about this?
4: Yeah, Anne. Yeah, I, I agree with Brittany. I mean, it's there was definitely a time in my life where I thought that I had to work 24 seven and get up at 4 a.m. and do like miracle mornings or whatever in order to succeed. And one of the biggest benefits for me of this mastermind has been just seeing everyone else in the room, juggle their families and their kids and their businesses and do it in a way that like the anti-hustle, you know, you don't have to do it all. You need to find a way to like sustain your business and your life at the same time. So that's been extremely helpful for me.
0: Yeah. I think that that is so good. The I'm so glad you said the thing about the miracle morning and like getting up super early because I still whenever I talk about my mornings or like my life, I still get so many comments from people who are like, thank you for being the one person who's not telling me to get up at 5am. I know. I'm like, how am I still the only
4: one talking about sleep? (laughs) I feel like the people who do that I mean, maybe some of them have kids, but I don't know. For me, the reality of having young kids is like, there is no, there's no miracle morning going on here. Maybe no. Other have that.
0: no. If it's a survival morning, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> We're all True. alive. And we got to the right place at the right time with clothes on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's so good. I think some of those people do have kids. I think the real deal is that those people, even if they have kids, they just are morning people. Like, not everyone yes. is a morning person, and that's okay. Like, you can work at night or in the afternoon, whatever, whatever your time is, mid morning, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So good. All right. Any other thoughts on that before? Yeah, Erica.
1: Some of the questions that have really served me this past year is constantly asking myself, how am I making this harder than it needs to be? How can I do as little as possible without making that mean that I'm lazy? And if I'm lazy, amazing. Let's be lazy. Like, let's see. Yeah, if this. it's lazy and
0: you get the results you want, you are a yeah. genius. That is yeah. my strategy. <laughs> let's,
1: how can I do as little as possible? How can I be as lazy as possible? How can I make this as easy as possible? And what I found, the answer is almost always do less and stop making it so hard, like let it be easy. It wants to be easy. And I think this whole idea of like this productivity, like chasing after productivity and having to work yourself into the ground comes from these beliefs that value comes from your time. And it comes from making things hard. Like, I think we're just addicted to making things hard. Hard work is great, but you don't have to make it hard. Just let it be easy.
0: Yeah. I did a post recently that was like, being a mom is hard enough. Like we don't have to make it harder than it already is. And I love how you said it wants to be easy. Like so much about your business just wants to be easy. So just get out of its way and let it be easy. Such a good perspective. You had to coach me on
1: that a few times.
0: Yeah. I
1: get suspicious when it's easy.
0: Well, I had that same suspicion recently when I was planning the launch And I wrote all the emails from scratch. Like I threw away all the past launch emails. and was like, I'm writing every single one from scratch. Like I have a completely fresh vision for this group and who it's for and the message for it, all the things. So I wrote it all from scratch. Like, this is a lot of emails. You know, I like to bombard my people with emails. And then after I was like, well, that just feels too easy. You just write emails and then you make lots of money. How can that be correct? (laughs) So I think it's like this deep wiring in all of us that like it has to be really hard. And if it's not really hard, then we're doing it wrong. And then we just make it so much harder than it has to be. That's really good. Christy, what were your thoughts?
2: I was just going to say that in regards to like the idea of sacrificing, you know, your time and stuff like that, like I came from an, an agency background, and the agency culture you know is theres like you stayed there late if you had to finish something and they would pile on deadlines and you had to answer text messages on the weekends and so when I started my business, it was a struggle for me to really set boundaries and like not let that similar culture that I'd learned like carry over into my new business and so and it's it's still a thing for me, but I've I've established really pretty good boundaries. You know, I have work hours. I work about forty hours a week, but like I don't work weekends. I stop working nights. It's like, well, what two years ago? Maybe, yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> I remember coaching on this. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. When we first started working together, you coached me on that. Like I was working nights, and yeah, I I can't imagine working nights now. I'm like, oh no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's so good. Boundaries are so important. And I feel like the more times that I run rounds of simple scaling, the more that I see like boundaries are everything. Like this is such an important focus. And, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and I did a podcast episode about it is the margins in your business. So how it's not just like about profit margin, it's about our time, our energy, our emotional health, all of those things. And I think all of those are really related to boundaries and there is this culture of like no boundaries and just like work all the time. And For a little while, I was thinking this is just like entrepreneur culture that you're on all the time because you feel like you are the business and you can't turn it off. And I've been noticing like since I've been out of the corporate world for so long, what I have noticed is that people in corporate have the same thing now, especially with the pandemic and they all started working from home. And now there is no homework boundary at all for people in corporate and Those people are not even making more money for working more. So (laughs) there's really no good reason. There's
2: no good reason. Yeah. Those boundaries are really hard and those expectations. Yeah. So it's really, it's been really amazing being able to decide what I wanted and change that for myself.
0: Yeah. I'm so happy you said that because I think that this is really the core of it is deciding what you want. Like that was the whole point of the mastermind, deciding what you want your business to look like long-term and then making that happen. That is what we're all here to do. So that's so great. So here is what I want to ask you all. Now, I want to hear what you used to think about making six figures, multiple six figures and a million dollars, because all of you are at that six-figure, multiple six-figure mark, and you're all in a mastermind that has a focus of scaling to a million and then obviously beyond that. So I'm curious, like when you think back, what did you used to think about that? And what do you think about that now? Like what has been that mental shift for you?
4: Who wants to go first? Yeah, when I first hired you, My thought was that you had to have a ton of different offers in order to reach. Well, I thought at the time, six figures, let alone seven figures. I was thinking I need to have like a course and a membership and a million services, and I'm not sure even what else I was thinking. But the biggest shift for me has been realizing that just narrowing my focus on my current services and really optimizing those and building a team around those is what's going to get me there sooner than trying to do a bunch of new things that you know will just kind of drain my time more and, and kind of take my focus away from what I've been successful at so far.
0: Yes, I think this is really like the premise of simple scaling. Like if you want to scale and have it be really simple and not be hustling and have all these great margins of all the things in your business, this is how you do it. It's not having a ton of offers. My friend calls it like Cheesecake Factory of offers in your business, where there's like 85 pages worth of offers. And I think it is like such a norm in business to have a business that way. And most other business coaches I know have the Cheesecake Factory of offers. And I'm one of very few that I know of that don't. And I think it is like that is a secret. Like anybody who wants to make a million dollars and not be hustling or spending all the money on a team or whatever, this is it. Simple, simple business. That's really, really
4: good. So what do you think now about making a million dollars? So it's weird because just in the past few months, I feel like I finally shifted to where I can like completely see the business scaling to a million dollars. I was very resistant to building a team and building an agency, but now that I've finally <laughs> taken your advice and kind of gone down that path, I'm like, "Oh, I can now see like how just kind of doubling down on what I'm doing so far and really optimizing that can actually get me to seven figures."
0: Yeah, okay. I'm curious what was the shift for you and maybe which thing came first? Like was it deciding to see a million dollars for yourself that inspired you to take that action that you had known you maybe should take <laughs> yeah. or was it something else?
4: Well, I think a part of it was just getting coached on it constantly and oh, always yeah. coming back to the same answer for sure. But yeah, when we were kind of planning out in the kickoff event for this round, like the path to seven figures, I initially had tried to do like the cheesecake factory of like, oh, I could do SEO and then I could sell them like a hundred dollars a month, you know, maintenance plan. And it just wasn't the math wasn't working. And I just realized like there's no way to get there without like going all in on the agency model and what I'm doing right now. And so I think that was really the shift for me is just kind of seeing the math and realizing that I was making it way harder than it had to be.
0: Yeah. I think that it can be really hard for anybody, like with any type of business to grow a team. Mm -hmm. So many of us started out as almost like a freelance mentality or like a side gig, or like, this is my little thing, or this is just my thing. And it really does take an identity shift about Mm -hmm. yourself and about your business. I think to shift it into something where you're intentionally going to be growing a team and becoming a leader of a team. And that can be really hard. I think it like it is perfect. Like the journey that you've had, needing to be coached on it multiple times, like that's just how our brains are about certain things. And I think it's gonna make you so much more committed in getting to a million and seeing it through with the team and all of those things, because it's like you had to overcome every single objection in your mind to get there. Yeah. I
4: mean, some days are still harder than others. I mean, there's some days I'm definitely like, Oh, what am I even doing? But I'm yeah. getting in there. Like if the process has started and I can see it finally, which is exciting.
0: Yeah. It's so exciting. I'm really excited for you. Thanks. Good. Yay. All right. Who else has some thoughts to share?
3: Brittany, I have thoughts. I, one of the big ones for me was that I wouldn't be able to do it until my kids were older. Mm-hmm. My oldest is seven. My youngest is four. And we're going through IVF. And so I had this thought in my mind that my kids needed to be self-sufficient before I could have a successful business because they need me too much. And that's obviously false. Yeah.
0: I'm so curious. Like, how did you get to that place? Because they for sure need you because they visit on a lot of our coaching calls, which I don't think is a problem. All of my clients pretty much have, like, I know everyone's kids. (laughs) It's the norm for me, but like, it's not that it's untrue that they need you. So how did you get to this place where you didn't have to wait for them to be older?
3: I think for me, it was just kind of like, I'm just going to start picking these steps. And then hopefully by the time they're older, I'll be ready to step into that version of myself. But you know me, I'm a runner, not a walker. And so it was a lot of figuring out how I was going to make it work. And so like, I don't really do a lot of calls in the day. All of my calls are at night when my kids are in bed because my husband works shift work so often I'm by myself with my kids. And so,
2: you know, it is
3: for me, you know, Ooh, it was nap time. Let's get a piece of content out or let's do a live, like on the fly. Let's schedule all of my calls in the evenings and on the weekends and just trying to make it work. However I could without making myself feel bad about it. Like I wasn't quote unquote doing it correctly because I didn't really have like 9 to 5 business hours where I sat in a cute little office. I was working from my counter. And you know, putting bluey on in the background and throwing cheese strings at my kids <laughs> while trying to do this and yeah, they totally interrupt things. I mean, they're they're still small. They're they still need me to open snacks and they have questions and things like that. And I think that's kind of the beauty because I think there's so much especially in today's online world where we're kind of shaming moms for trying to do it all. it's like, you either have it together or you don't. And if you don't have it together, get out of the way. And I think that that's so unfair because who has it all together? I don't know anyone that has it all together. We're all just doing our best with what we're given. I love when my kids interrupt. I love when my client's kids interrupt, like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. And there's this whole thought that I always say, you know, in my content is your kids can't be your reason and your excuse. And so I want my kids to be my reason, not my excuse that I didn't do it. Cause they didn't ask for that at the end of the day. So for me, yeah. Doing this while they're home, like no one expected a pandemic. I did not expect to be homeschooling my kids. I am not a homeschooler. This is going badly, like, <laughs> <laughs> but we're making it work. So for me, yeah, the biggest one was doing this with small kids at home. Yeah. That's so good. I think
0: that theme of figuring it out, that is how it is. And you're right. Like none of us have it all figured out last week. We got a, your child does not have a lunch today because we thought we had ordered hot lunch and we hadn't. And there's this whole thing. Cause Stuart and I are like, Sharing certain things, and there's like still the things that I do that I should probably just let go of, like ordering the hot lunch, which is not always perfect when I'm doing it. So maybe it's not my job anymore, but like we, none of us are doing it perfectly. And even if I didn't have a business, like even if I was mom 100% of the time, full time, that was my only thing, it would still not be perfect because I have done that. And it was still not perfect. And actually, I was unhappy. Cause it's not what I wanted to be doing with my time was doing that a hundred percent. And I think you're right. Like the kids don't want to be the excuse. I think like when I think about as a kid of parents, when I imagine hearing them potentially, which neither of them do, but like, if they said something like I didn't chase my dreams because I put you first or something, like I would be really sad. Yeah. If thinking about that makes me want to cry. And I don't think that that is a weight our kids want to have. No,
3: I agree. And I think it's so important as moms that our kids see us do things and see us do things badly. Yeah. And, you know, see our failures, see our successes. Like I kind of realized doing this with my kids so young, they're going to get to watch me do this their whole lives pretty much this is going to be really their only memory of mom's job quote unquote i really hope that that's empowering to them like we often talk you've talked about it with me in the past i went to university i'm i did not go to university to be a business coach i'm at university to university be a doctor <laughs> like hello these are very different <laughs> career paths And so I I really hope that especially in today's world and the way the world is changing, we're able to show our kids, Hey, you don't have to do the traditional thing that was shoved down our throats, do your own thing and do it really well. And if you fail at it, awesome. At least you tried something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is so fun.
0: My oldest is always asking like, how do I make money? How do I get money? And I always say, you have to just bring value to people that they want to pay for. That's how you do it. It's not. And I think like for our generation, it would be like, well, you should pick a job like doctor or lawyer or whatever, and like go to school and do that. And it's like, no, you could just right now think about what value could I bring somebody that they're willing to pay for and start making money, mowing lawns, babysitting, whatever. And it's, I think it's a really fun to be like, oh, I know the secret. I'm going to teach my children
4: how to do yes. it.
0: <laughs> and all of you. All right. Who wants to go next? Erica.
1: It has been madness over here. So I feel like that was really well-timed while I was on <laughs> mute. They're like trees getting cut down outside. The dog is barking my husband's walking by making faces it's been like mayhem so yeah it's not going to be perfect your original question was around making 100k and what was different and what was my expectation right? making
0: 100k making a million dollars what did you used to think what do you think now okay
1: so when i was starting my business i think i had this belief that when i made 100k that i was going to know all these different things that i was going to be way more of an expert. And what I came to realize is that it's really not about what you know, it's about recognizing what you already know, and then stepping into that. So it really hasn't been knowledge-based what has changed. It's really been an identity shift more than anything. And so I already know that this brain that I have is a million-dollar brain. And so making a million dollars is inevitable. And the work is really going to be seeing that and recognizing that and then letting it influence how I show up and how I provide value to my clients. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. That is so good. I love that you are just claiming that you already have a million dollar brain because I believe that.
1: Well, that's helpful. I'm glad to hear that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carry that one with (laughs) you. Christy, what are your thoughts?
2: I think originally what I thought about making six figures was like, oh, it's going to be really hard, but like once I get there, it's going to be amazing and and I'll have like all the answers, similar to what Erica was saying, like I'll just know everything and it'll be all good. And, And I'm like, oh, well, you know, 100K, 120K, that's a lot of money. I mean, it is a lot of money, but then when you get there, you realize it's really not like, it's not as impactful financially as I really thought it would be. And like, I guess what changed is like, well, seeing what that was actually like and that it was possible and then thinking about, well, if that was possible, then other things are possible too. And as far as about making a million dollars, well, I didn't used to think that was possible for me at all. Like I was just going to make like, you know, 100, 120K and that was going to be it. Right. So, and I think I had an idea in my mind. Well, if I did want to make more than that, I would have to like completely change the type of people I do work for and I'd have to go after like corporate clients and sign multi 10, you know, 50,000, hundred thousand dollar contracts. And like, that would be, I'd have to build agency. And that was just like, not what I wanted to do, but now like in my scaling plans, like my math looks different and like that path is different and it does look possible. And it doesn't have to be that kind of like, icky corporate work that I wasn't interested in. So,
0: yeah, I've noticed this a lot in the mastermind that you all seem to have ideas of what it has to look like to get to that place. And I just never believe any of those stories. I just think, like, think about what you want it to look like and let's figure out the math of making a million dollars with it looking like that. Cause I think we can do that. Even if no one else is doing that right now, let's just figure that out and make it happen. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. Another question or thought that I hear a lot is that money changes you. And so I want to hear your thoughts on this idea that money changes you. And I want to hear like, what is actually different in your life? Christy, do you want to share?
2: Sure. I don't know that I ever completely bought into the idea that money changes you. I was more in just like, it just wasn't going to happen for me. But I think as I started to make money, I noticed a lot of people have this idea of like that people make money, who make a lot of money. Like, you know, people just talk badly about like rich people, you know, like you hear out in like our regular community, not so much the online space, but like in the real world or whatever people like they talk kind of meanly about rich people, so-called rich people. And there's no true definition of a rich person. It's just they're rich. Right. And so I noticed that more. And I noticed that that makes me, I don't really want to talk about my income to people who are working kind of regular jobs, like, and stuff. And part of that is like, I don't think they'd understand, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I think another part of that is me not wanting them to judge me for it, you know, I think so. There's a little bit yeah. of that there.
0: <laughs> I think that that is really interesting because I for sure have also experienced that. And I think it is really good that we're doing this episode and talking about it because I think it's just good to put it out there. It's so like so many of the stories that you have already shared are around seeing what was possible for you and like having your eyes open to i could actually do that and then we have this culture of like don't talk about how much money you make it's like don't open up people's eyes to what's possible for them which seems very backwards to me so yeah it's
2: I, it's strange yeah
0: <laughs> i think it is i think it's like a cultural shift that we are part of right now i think The not talking about money has really not served anybody, especially people who aren't earning a lot of money. And I think it's empowering to talk about it and be out there with our numbers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I think I just, I think for me, I just pick and choose who I want to have that conversation with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure agree with that. (laughs) We don't have to be (laughs) taking on every conversation that we could in the world. Mm -hmm. So how is life different now?
2: How is life different now? I think it's just more relaxed. You know, it used to be, it used to be pretty stressful to manage finance, you know, how are we going to pay these bills? Any unexpected bills were like, you know, medical bills or something like you don't car repairs, whatever comes unplanned. We're always super high tension and stress and credit card debt and all of that. And so like now we're just pretty relaxed. We, I mean, we don't live extravagantly, but like my husband doesn't work anymore. You know, he just stays home. He's a stay-at-home dad and we don't have any consumer credit card debt, you know, any, anything like that. Um, It's just, things are just a little bit more easeful.
0: I love this. This is like the opposite of what people think making a lot of money is (laughs) like, no, actually it's easier
2: and less stressful. Yeah. It's pretty awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I really, really love that you say that because I feel the same about having a lot of money. Like it does make life easier. It makes life more comfortable. It gives you more choices and options and alleviates stress and arguments and all the things. So I think, yeah, let's definitely have women making a lot more. Yeah. Erica, what are your thoughts about money changing people and how your life is different now?
1: So I have also had that belief around rich people are bad. I was actually just talking to my parents about this last night. So they're both pastors. And that whole thing about like camels going through needles, see, I like failed at Sunday school, um, uh-huh. it's like easier than rich people going to heaven. Uh-huh. And my mom said, well, there were other scriptures around good, rich people. I said, when did you talk about those? Which they never did. Never so ever. We just never talked about like good, rich people. And I think this is part of what's so amazing about being in a mastermind like this is being surrounded by women who audaciously are making piles of money and making all this money and then using it to make the world a better place. Because let's be honest, when women have more money, we're going to spend it on people and helping people and serving other people. So I think that that is just amazing. And it's so empowering. And I have this whole thing about not talking about money because it's like bad or gross or tacky. So I have a quick story. I went to happy hour with some of my friends who like, they're all therapists because I was a therapist in a former life and they all have private practices. And I went to this happy hour and I was like, this is how much money I'm making. And it's amazing. And all of you need to be making more money. And then afterwards I had this huge shame spiral after the happy hour. And I was like, Oh God, why did I talk about money? They all hate me now. They're not going to want to be my friend anymore. And then they all started calling me for business advice. They quit their day jobs to go all in on their practices. They raised their rates. Like after that happy hour, now we just, they want to talk about money they want to talk about business. So I think that talking about money can actually help people make money.
0: I agree. I agree. In my first job out of college, I had no idea like what was normal to make. And so then the offer that they made me, I was just like, I guess I just accept this. And then come to find out chatting with coworkers later, I was like the lowest paid one And I had like turned the thing I managed to be profitable and it started making like 30,000 a month, which was almost exactly what I was paid. I was paid 32,000. I didn't get a raise. So then I had quit because that's who I am. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) But it was this thing of like, gosh, if people would talk about how much they made, if they would talk about like negotiating and what's normal to make in this office and that kind of thing, that would have been better.
1: Yeah. I think having that knowledge and then knowing, okay, this is possible and this is available to me opens up all kinds of doors. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. So what's different in your life now? I mean, I have to agree with Christy. I mean, life is just easier. So I'm not, you know, I've been poor. I've done that. I've done ramen noodles and that whole lifestyle. And I was in my bank account every single day. Like how much money can I spend today? because what is the balance? And so now we just don't have to worry about that. And what's super amazing is that my husband's dream of having this cabin in the mountains, we just thought like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? It's sort of how you talk about winning the lottery. Like that would be fun. That would be nice. And we realized last year that it's actually a possibility that we could make it happen this year. And that is Just wild to me that this thing that seemed completely unattainable is now possible.
0: Yes. Now you're going to be my neighbor. I know.
1: (laughs) It's going to be so great.
0: (laughs) So fun. So good. I love that. I just, this is making me so happy just thinking about where you all started and where you are now and just knowing that your life is easier and
3: more enjoyable. So good. Brittany. Yes. Well, you know that I love money. I love talking about money. (laughs) I I have to agree with all the girls here and I know we're all going to agree money. It it doesn't change you. Money's a magnifier. It makes you more of who you are. So if you're already bad guy, like now you're a super villain, but if you're already a good guy, like you're going to do good things with it. And like Erica said, women, when we have a lot of money, we immediately turn around and start helping our communities. And we immediately turn around and start helping other women. Like we can't help it. Like the world literally survives on the backbones of women helping each other. That's how we get through everything. And so absolutely. I think more women should be making more money. So the world could be a much better place because of us. And it will be as people like us start stepping up and stepping into you know, the dreams that we have for ourselves and doing the scary things and giving value to the world and saying, Hey, I can help you with X, Y, Z. Let (laughs) me and pay me for it.
0: (laughs) This is so great. And something that I thought of that you're all now getting into this phase of business where I am of hiring a team mm-hmm. of getting to pay other people. Yes, I find it so fulfilling to now be somebody who's helping other women make money in a different way. Like so far I've been helping entrepreneur women make money, but not everybody wants to have their own business. And now I get to employ those people. And help them make really good money and a really good living too. And that I think is so, so powerful, such a great, like unexpected byproduct, maybe of building yeah. a business, is being able to now be somebody who pays really well, is a workplace people love, and all of those things.
3: I want to share a quick story because I have been scaling, like I have almost no one-on-ones and I've been growing my company. So I have a VA that I employ, but I also have a house manager, which is one of the things that last year you were like, I really want you to do this. (laughs) This is the next step for you. You hire like an assistant and then you hire like a personal assistant. And during the pandemic, my house manager ended up getting laid off from her job. and. I was her sole income. And instead of that feeling like yucky and pressure for me, I felt so good about it. I was like, yes, I'm going to make sure your bills are paid. Don't worry. I love it. That feels so good. It was really empowering to be able to know oh, she's not going to get kicked out of her place because she works for me. Yes, I loved it.
0: I love that you shared that. I think it's good for people to really imagine themselves doing things like that. Yeah. So that kind of leads in, that's like a preview into how your life is different cuz that's a fancy thing to have a house manager, but tell us more <laughs> about how
3: your life is different cuz I know it's been really a big shift for you. Yeah. Um like we definitely struggled with money as you know most young couples do. We're like almost entirely out of debt now. So, you know, piggybacking off what the other ladies are saying, it does feel so much more relaxed because you're not wondering, okay, how much can we budget for groceries? Like I remember it'll probably start coming up on my Facebook timeline. I remember having a binder where I would like cut coupons and then try to meal plan around it so that we could eat stuff that wasn't complete junk. And it would take me hours. Like that was almost a full-time job, just trying to go through the flyers and see what's on sale and then try to figure out what I could cook with it. Yeah. And I don't have to do any of that anymore. And that's, that's so freeing to be able to just say, yes, no problem. My oldest, he's growing like a bad weed. I just bought him winter boots, not even a year ago, and he needed new winter boots. And I know that two years ago, that would have been extremely stressful. And this year I was like, yeah, no problem. Let's order you a really great set of boots that aren't going to leak. They're not going to get cold. Like they're going to be waterproof. No problem. It doesn't matter that you outgrew them in less than a year. This is not an issue. And being able to just say yes to that stuff is, it's such a game changer. Like you really don't realize the, the mental toll that it takes on us, especially as moms, because we do carry so much weight, like no hate to dads. But we just, we know everything that's going on. So even when we're delegating, like it's still in the back of our minds being like, did he do that? (laughs) And so just like having that, that pressure be released and that freedom to just say yes to whatever's needed, but also whatever's wanted. Like we get to do fun stuff. We just went to Cana for Christmas for a whole week. We were at a five-star hotel, my husband and myself and our kids. and that would have never even been in the cards 2 years ago 5 years ago it would have been like cool maybe when we're in our 60s but we did it this year and it was so awesome and like unplugged and did all the fun things and everything the kids wanted we were just like yes 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 and not to spoil them but just to give them those experiences but also the, the experiences that my husband and I get to have too being able to say yes to them it's so freeing it's it We really underestimated and we really take it for granted when we do have the money, like what we used to go through before we didn't have the money, right? Having to say no and having to cut coupons and having to budget and stressing about, am I going to get this paid? What am I going to do? It's so good
0: to take some time and think back on what was life like then? Like, what was I thinking? What was I feeling? What are the things that we had to do? Because it is hard to remember those things. And I think it's so easy to be very focused on where you want to go and all the places that you're not there yet, or feel like it's going to be hard to get there and taking these moments to look back, I think is like the best thing you could ever do for yourself, for your business. So good. And yeah. so inspiring to people who listen. So thank you.
3: Hey,
4: no problem.
0: and what are your thoughts about money changing you? And then how is your life
4: different? Yeah, I totally agree with what Brittany said about how it magnifies who you already are. Because I think we can probably all think of examples of like rich, you know, whatever that means, people who are good and rich people who are bad. I don't know, growing up, like talking about money was very, very taboo. And it wasn't until I started like exploring the online business space. And I think the first person I saw talk about money was Pat Flynn, who used to have like monthly income reports. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Like people can make this much money? Kind of like Christy was saying, I like saw the corporate salaries or like glass door salaries and thought like, oh, here's the cap. And so when I really started listening to Pat Flynn and, uh, you know, women entrepreneurs talk about how much they made, it like opened up this whole new world in my mind. I was like, oh, I just didn't even know that this was a thing, a thing that people could do.
0: So good. Okay. How is your life different?
4: Um, Well, just like everyone else said, it's definitely easier. Um, I mean, last year when the pandemic hit, my daughter was going into kindergarten and the public schools were doing virtual and we are not, I mean, the people that homeschool are like another level. I just cannot handle that. So we were able to like very easily make the decision to put her in a private school that was going to be in person. And that's when I, it really hit me like, Oh, like this is possible because of my business. And because like, we do have this extra income coming in, like I don't have to stress about it. I can do what's best for us. What's best for her. And I don't know, that really was a moment where I think I truly appreciated like the flexibility that a business like this can provide. And, you know, just in like day-to-day things like Brittany was saying with the coupons or, you know, you have your car breaks. It's just, it is so nice to not have to stress out about those unexpected expenses. And, and I don't even really think about it anymore until moments like this, when talking about it and reflecting on like, oh yeah, this is, this is huge. Like this is not a small thing to not have to stress about this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree. We just bought a new furnace and water heater and some new furniture in our house. And I was thinking, oh yeah, I feel like people always talk about like having to buy that stuff. And it's like a very stressful thing. And we were just like, yeah, let's just get that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, I think our air conditioner broke or something like that, that is expensive, but you don't want to spend money on it because it's not pretty or whatever. And I do remember that being so stressful. I was like, oh my God, it's how many thousands of dollars? Like, you know, calling 15 companies to try to save like a hundred bucks here or there. Yeah, that stuff is definitely a lot easier. Yeah.
0: I remember seeing some stats somewhere that. And I don't remember any of the numbers, so I don't even know if this is like meaningful about the numbers, but it was something around like the average family, I think in the U S and like the certain price level of like an emergency expense that could like totally send them in a tailspin. Brittany knows it. tell us, Brittany, it's $500. And what's this? Tell oh. us like
3: word it nicely. Cause clearly I've butchered this. Okay. No, you were doing great. But okay. when you were like, I don't know the number. I was like, I'm like holding my hand. I'm trying to like sign language. 500. So the average American family, if they receive an unexpected bill of $500, it can completely derail them, make it so that they don't eat, can't pay their rent or their mortgage, can't make their car payments. $500. It feels like it was such a large number at one point in my life. And I'm like, who needs $500? I can give you $500. Don't worry. I'll cover this for you. Don't be stressed out. But yeah, $500 can derail the average American family. They're not prepared. They don't have the emergency funds for something like that. Yeah. And I'll let you continue. Well, that's so powerful. And
0: when I think about that and think about the couponing examples, it's like, oh my gosh, that is presented as the answer for this problem. I'm like, no, just start a business. (laughs) Just start making some money. Take the couponing time and be a virtual assistant. (laughs) for real. All right. So I would love to go around in our last few moments together and just hear one thought that you would love to share with women listening to this about money or making money. Who has a thought that they want to share? Brittany.
3: For anyone that's listening to this and who. Has been thinking about starting a business and you're afraid, or you know, you're concerned about finances or you're concerned about making a lot of money. I just want to tell you that if you have that whispering in your heart, being like, you should do this, you should do this. Like, yes, it's scary, but it was meant for you. We don't get those little whispers for things that aren't meant for us. So go do it. Sam's a great person to help you. She's helped all of us. (laughs) Look at how successful we are because of Sam. She's going to have great links in her show notes. Do whatever she tells you to do. Go do it. Go tell someone, hey, I can help you with this. You don't have to have a business model. You don't have to have fancy branding photos. You don't have to have a website. You don't have to have a logo. You don't even need to know what your package and pricing is going to look like right now. You can figure it out on the fly. Just start figuring it out. So good. I completely agree with you. If you have that little
0: whisper, it's meant for you. That is so powerful. Who else has a thought to
4: share? Anne. If I was just starting off, seeing what other women are doing, being in this room, obviously, or like Mama to CEO or other online communities where there are women entrepreneurs who are making money and are at various stages of their business has been something that has been so unbelievably helpful to me it helps normalize you know making money as a woman making money as a mom working while your kids are at home or not whatever the the situation may be and it's just i think it's really easy if you are starting a business to kind of get stuck in just consuming podcasts and courses and just feeling very stuck and having your wheels kind of spin in the mud and it wasn't until i really started coaching with Samantha and got involved in some online communities that it really helped me be like, okay, I can do this. It's normal to like want to make money and to want to make money when you have young kids. So that's something that I would say has been really, really helpful for me.
0: So good. Thank you. Who else?
1: Erica. So when I hired You, Samantha, I still had the belief that I was bad with money, that my husband was good with money and I was bad with money because I had all of this student loan debt because I thought if I went to really fancy schools, then that meant I was going to make a lot of money and then I didn't. But in making that investment to work with you, and my husband actually didn't want me to do it, reinforced and actually created a new belief that actually I am good with money And it was also this opportunity for me to step into trusting myself because I think investing in yourself, investing in your business and the amount of risk that comes with that is in direct correlation to how much self-doubt you have. So if it feels really risky, it's probably because you don't trust yourself. And so stepping into that. Making the investment to work with you. And every time I make the investment to work with you, I'm choosing to believe that I'm good with money, that I can make money, that I'm responsible for my own results, and that I can trust myself to not only make the money, but then maintain that level of income and revenue. This is so good. I
0: think so many women have this bad with money thing. I recorded a podcast where I talked a little bit about this. And I think. You're like exactly right on when you say it feels risky to make an investment when you don't have a lot of trust in yourself or when you're doubting yourself. And I think that is like the number one thing that everybody should work on in their business is getting to the place where you trust yourself no matter what. And you know that you have this no matter what. Cause I think it's going to allow you to make some moves that maybe are risky, but you will know how to make them pay off. And that is like the best tool and power I think you could have in business. Really, really good.
2: All right, Christy. I think I would just like to offer some encouragement for others who might be like me, who are like designers or maybe more service oriented. I think they're um, I know you, you talk about this sometimes, but there's an idea that like coaches can easily make money and then other service providers, you know, they don't just don't limit yourself to like what you made in your salary or what you see other people making, like kind of inch up in your belief in what's possible. And like, you can make more than you currently are. Um, that's kind of what I wanted to say. Yes.
0: I love it. Okay, let's quickly go around and have everybody say where people can find you if they want to know more. Christy, where can I find you?
2: Yeah, my website is cooperandheart.com and I am on Instagram at cooperandheart.
1: Great, Erica, where can they find you? So my website is ericahanlon.com but I feel like the fun is over on Instagram and my <laughs> my handle is Erica Hamlin coaching.
0: Great. The fun is on Instagram. Your stories entertain me quite a bit. (laughs) And where can they find you?
4: Yeah, you can find me at anschmidt.co. And later this year, I'll be bringing the fun to Instagram. But currently my website's the best place to find me.
3: Good. All right, Brittany. Okay. You guys are all on Instagram. I'm still on Facebook. This makes me feel like an old person, but I'm still on Facebook. You You are rocking the Facebook group game. I do rock the Facebook group game. You can come hang out with me in my Facebook group. It's called grow and get rich, or you can go to my website, Brittany,
0: Amazing.
3: All right. Thank you all so
0: much for joining me. This has been an amazing conversation. I think it will inspire so many people have an amazing rest of your day. Bye. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you, and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business, and I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com. M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O dot